Hey, Heritage family. On this second week of a new year, we are so excited to press in with you and receive all that God has for us, not only today, but this year. In fact, we're convinced that God is already at work doing exceedingly abundantly more than all we could ask or imagine. And as part of receiving that and living into that this year, we're inviting our family into different moments of practice. Moments where we are fully present in mind, body, spirit, and community. And so we are, at the beginning of these services, going to take a moment each week to pause and to be present in body, mind, spirit, or communally. Sometimes those practices will require us to be present in more than one way, but truly and surely, as we focus on what God has for us, I believe we're going to receive great and wonderful things. For millennia, part of the way that the church has occupied its mind with the things of God, has engaged our minds with what God has for us, has been through scripture reading and memorization. In fact, so much of what we read in the scriptures was, was first held by memory and retold time after time after time to generations that followed. How incredible would it be for you and for me to memorize scripture this year and to have the very words of God settle deep in our hearts as we step into what he has for us. So each week you'll find that we share a verse of the week on our social media channels. We invite you to follow us at heritageqc.com. And we're inviting you this year to commit each of those to memory, to reflect on it, to meditate on it, to hold it, and see what it is Holy Spirit would speak to you about you and what He desires to do in and through you as you engage your mind with His Word. I'm going to read our verse of the week this week. In fact, I invite you, if you're in a space where you can feel comfortable doing so, that you read it out loud with me. It's from Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says this, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This invitation to be people of grit, to be those who hold fast and hold steady and receive what God has for us, oh, it's an incredible invitation. And we invite you to latch a hold of it with all of who you are and reflect on it with your mind.
declare this truth one more time. Let's put our faith in Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground. My hope and firm foundation, he'll never let me down. Friends, I hope that as we have worshiped together, your heart has been encouraged, that he is faithful. He alone is faithful and true. He always comes through for us. And, and our response to that is just to anchor ourselves into Him, into Jesus, who is our hope. You know, Psalm 5710 reminds us that it is God's unfailing love that is as high as the heavens, and it is His faithfulness that reaches to the clouds. And so as we spend a few moments together in prayer, I would just encourage you to begin to remember and recall all of the ways that you have experienced God's faithfulness to you. Maybe that's in the last week or in this last few months over the holiday season, or maybe it's over this last year, or, or maybe there's something else in your heart that just wells up with praise and thanksgiving and gratitude to the one who is faithful. And so as we pray together, I just invite you to join your hearts with mine as we offer up prayers of gratitude to him who is faithful and as we present our petitions, our request to our God who loves us so much. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Spirit, we are so grateful for this reminder of your faithfulness that exceeds uh, the heavens, exceeds what we can see, exceeds even what we can imagine. You are faithful, you alone are true, you alone are holy. And so we just sit in the reality of that and we, and we look at our own lives and we think of the ways that you have been faithful and we say thank you. We say thank you for the healing that we've experienced. We say. Thank you for how you have shown yourself to be faithful in, in protecting us, in providing for us, um, in loving us without condition. Jesus, we thank you for your example of, of what it means to live out faithfulness and obedience even to death on a cross. And we just sit in the reality of that. and. And gratitude is really our response. And Father, sometimes when we think about the ways that you have shown up for us and the ways that you have been faithful, we're also reminded of ways that we're still waiting to see what that looks like in our own lives. And so, Father, we hold out our petitions to you and confess our great need for you and that where we are limited and where we encounter boundaries, you are limitless. 
And we revel in that and we take encouragement from that. Holy Spirit, we, we just ask that you would settle our hearts in this truth that you are faithful and that you would stir hope up in us. That we will see you work in our lives, that you will take the ashes that we may be sitting in and you will redeem them for something beautiful. That where there has been brokenness, we will see healing. We, still, we will see reconciliation and restoration, not because of us, but because of you. Holy Spirit, as we just position our hearts for this conversation about grit and what it means to stay in the fight as believers, we pray that you would teach us, that you would instruct us, and that you would give us ears to hear and a heart full of courage to obey. We pray all of this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Hey friends, I want to start our time today by inviting you to think of a time where you had to persevere. A time where you had to put your head down, put your shoulder to the plow, and just push forward. Kind of just dig in and press on. Maybe it was in the context of work. Maybe in the dynamic of pursuing a goal or in the context of a competition or even in relationship. Can you think of a time that you had to lean in and persevere? I think we can all probably identify at least one occasion where we had to make the determination to, to commit and to lean in, to push forward and to remain steadfast. And it's highly likely that the dynamic of grit determined the nuances of what happened and didn't happen in that occasion. Grit, the, the stuff that gives us traction and allows us to move even on ice. It's the friction that creates resilience and toughness. It's the steadfast spirit that overcomes obstacles and hardships in the pursuit of something greater. Grit. And that's what we're looking to develop. It's what we're seeking to live into in our conversation today and in the weeks ahead. Last week, Pastor Josh kicked us off in the journey and gave us a couple of definitions for the word grit. One was courage or resolve, strength of character. Another was firmness of mind or spirit, an unyielding courage in the face of hardship or danger. Both of those help us establish a sense of what grit is. But today I want to move a bit further into how we actually live it out. Now, to be clear and to make sure we're all on the same page, there is another definition of grit that comes from a psychologist named Angela Duckworth. And she's actually considered to be one of the premier experts on grit based on her research on the subject matter. And she defines grit this way, as passion and perseverance for long-term and meaningful goals. Passion and perseverance for long-term and meaningful goals. And she also found in all of her research that individuals with high levels of grit are able to maintain determination and motivation over long periods of time even despite experiencing setbacks and failures and adversity along the way. 
And as she continued in her study and her entire team, they came to the conclusion that ultimately people with high levels of grit are, are better indicators of success. The grit level of an individual is a better indicator of success than even intellectual talent, than IQ. Now, I realize some of you may be wondering or even considering the appropriateness of grit as a subject matter for a sermon series. After all, grit is not a word that's found in the Bible. I get that. However, although factually accurate, it is, let's say, conceptually wrong. <laughs> because the Bible is just filled and loaded with gritty people and gritty circumstances. And it clearly shows that grit is one of God's great gifts to us. And it's a quality that sets apart those who thrive in life and those who are just trying to survive. It's a unique quality that God gives us. So we don't want to push past grit too fast. We want to lean into this conversation because it is an available trait and it's one acquired by a choice. See, I recently heard someone say that things may not get easier, but they can get better. Things may not get easier, but they can get better. And I, I like that statement. In light of the past season or seasons we've been in, it feels good to hear that. And I believe it's true that even though things may not get easier, things can get better. And grit is one way that that can happen. See, we don't always have a say in what happens to us or happens around us. We don't have, always have a say in what we experience in this life, but we always have a choice and a decision in how we respond to it, where we turn. See, in the Bible, grit is actually described with words like perseverance or steadfastness or endurance. Just listen to this. This is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That is a clear call to a grit demonstrated in steadfastness. Here, here's another passage, Hebrews 10.36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Again, a call to grit, but this time in the form of perseverance. Even Jesus called us to endure. When he said in Luke 21, verse 19, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. Things may not get easier, but they can get better in this life. And we want to be a people who are able to live into that fully in light of the fact that steadfastness, perseverance, and endurance are key. Because with determination and those things, we can keep moving forward towards a goal. We can press on even though there is complexity, challenges, and weariness. That's godly grit. And it's a trait that can be acquired if we're willing to choose it. You know, a few years back, my family and I had the chance to travel to Ireland and visit some of our ancestral roots. And on one day, we decided to climb Crow Patrick. Crow Patrick is a mountain, uh, more than 2,000 feet high. It's considered to be a place of spiritual retreat, and it provides a more than four-mile hiking opportunity, an arduous one at that. And our family decided we were going to make this trip, and we were going to make some stops along the way and read scripture. So it was both a challenge, but also a spiritual investment. And as we leaned into this journey, both of my boys were able to do it. Now, my son Daniel, though, had a very unique and exceptional experience through it all. See, for him, this was a classroom and a context for grit. 
See, he had to navigate some challenges along the way that he didn't expect. The immensity of the challenge was one of those, the physical demands he faced along the way, even some height issue, heights uh, kind of making it a little more perilous along the way. It was more of a challenge than an adventure for him. But even in the face of those obstacles, even in the face of the physical demands, the, the fatigue, muscle cramping, and just taking time to rest along the way, he did it. One step at a time, one section at a time, consistently choosing, repeating choices along the way in choosing a resolve, the resolve to keep pursuing a desired goal and not give up. I'm actually proud of both of my boys for how they lean into that opportunity. And it still marks me in the journey that we had along the way because grit allows us to move from what is to what can be. Let's just consider that for a moment. Grit allows us to live into what is not yet. It's the space from where we can move from what is to what can be. It's a space of journey, uh, a journey from moment to moment, from year to year, from conversation to conversation. Every interaction, every task is a context of moving from now to next. And it's in this space, in this area, is the context by which we live out grit. It's the it's space of a journey, a context, and a classroom for grit in the repeated choices over a journey. Not simply one moment, but a series of decisions over a series of moments. And for Daniel, that involved repeated choices and steps along the way, literally repeating to himself the words of Paul in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the spiritual dynamic. That was the grit in his climb. That is grit. Yet I understand that we're all wired a bit differently. Grit is still an optional response in any difficult situation. Yet what triggers or warrants grit can vary. Some things can feel more universal, like they apply to everybody, like things like pain or fatigue or controversy. But then there are some things that feel a bit more personal or individual, like related to fears or preferences or physical limitations or other issues we may have as an individual. But whatever the trigger, embracing grit is a long haul dynamic. It's marathon more than sprint. It's a journey and we can all exhibit grit in how we choose to navigate life's climbs because it's acquired in a choice. But there's a biblical nuance, a nuance to biblical grit that differentiates it from the pull up your bootstraps kind of grit that the world speaks of. Biblical grit, that perseverance, steadfastness, and endurance rests in the character and the promises of God. It's forged in the fires of adversity, but it's rooted in him. And that godly grit is the means to how we thrive in any circumstances and enables us to, to strive hard and to stand firm, empowered by him. See, Jesus himself exhibited this when he called us to something that's captured in John chapter 16. Here, listen to what he says. I have told you these things, and he's talking to his disciples about some troubles and challenges that are coming. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In these few words, Jesus acknowledges trouble, but then he calls us to embrace the same grit that he does and to not quit. Look, 
We all know that life comes with different challenges and troubles and obstacles along the way of all kinds. And our ability to overcome like Jesus is both a choice and a matter of heart. That's why Jesus says, take heart. And we're going to dig more into that as we continue in our series. But for today, understand that grit is a trait we can have if we're willing to choose it. So let's go back to the easel for just a moment and take a look at this concept. Look, in this process, to know what can be is not the same as actually realizing it or living into it. Uh, To achieve something, to choose something, to see it realized is not the same as simply knowing it. To, To know that there is a mountain to climb, to know that there is a path to walk, is not the same as actually climbing it, as experiencing the grit along the way as we choose faithful perseverance in the dynamic. It's not the same as standing on top of the mountain. To be able to experience what can be requires a journey, and that is the space of grit. It's the space of learning. And when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to issues of faith, there is often a space between what is and what can be. The space between his promises and the realization of those promises. It's the space between the now and the next that is that space of grit. And there are lots of different biblical examples of people who navigated that dynamic. Uh, Noah, his journey of building an ark and moving towards the reality of a flood. A man by the name of John the Baptist who dedicated his whole life to declaring the coming of Jesus and all the complexities that went in that journey and even in how his life ended. The 12 disciples who followed Jesus had their own journey of navigating from the now to the next, especially after Jesus ascended into heaven and they remained behind and experienced persecution. There are lots of examples of people who navigated this, but one of the most intriguing for me is a man by the name of Joseph. Not the husband of Mary, but Joseph out of the Old Testament. If you've never read his story, I encourage you to set aside some time and read Genesis chapter 37 to Genesis chapter 50 through the lens of grit. He was a a young teenager who early on through vision, learned that God had a a purpose and a plan for him. It was a great one, one that involved his brothers bowing down to him. And even though he knew it, it was a journey to get to it. In fact, the reality of that created complexity. And his brothers betray him, sell him into slavery. He ends up as a slave, but then he experiences some favor as he's walking in a season of grit. But then he's falsely accused. Even though he did the right thing, he ends up in prison. He's in prison for a period of time. He's helping some other folks who who promised to remember him, but then they forget him. And years and years of grit and difficulty until the realization of what he knew could be brought as he was led into prominence in Egypt and positioned to save his people. It is a fascinating story. I encourage you to read it because even though Joseph knew something at one point, it took a journey to move from what was to what could be and it required grit all along the way. Joseph modeled grit, steadfastness, endurance, perseverance by faith in wins and losses, in questions without answers along the way, in setbacks, in years of waiting, in the injustices, and in the deliverance. He experienced trouble, but he took heart because he knew it wasn't in vain. Look, if you haven't read his story, I encourage you to read it. Genesis 37 to Genesis 50. If you have read the story of Joseph, I encourage you to read it again, but through the lens of grit. 
Read it again through the lens of grit because wherever you are today, where you find yourself in the journey, wherever you are in your particular climb, whether you're early in the journey where God is just now revealing some next steps, maybe you're in the middle where there's so much uncertainty you're just not sure, or perhaps you're nearing that next summit, the realization of what he has told you or called you to. Wherever you find yourself, the choice is and always will be one of grit, where we fix our eyes on him, we're not on the goal, but on him, then we can fix our eyes on the goal and not just the pain, where we look for possibility in the problem and not just at the problem. And we ultimately choose to turn toward him whose strength is made perfect in our weakness, who has overcome the world and invites us to take heart and to do the same. You know, like many of you, I have navigated different difficult seasons in my life. Uh, injustice, betrayal, false accusation. Uh, maybe that's why the story of Joseph resonates for me so much. But at times along the journey, I have questioned my ability to continue. I have wondered what God was doing and wondered how and when it would work out. And I needed to be reminded of the realities of grit. The reality that the Apostle Paul speaks about. Paul, who was one of the grittiest guys in the Bible who experienced lashings and beatings. He was, he was stoned. He was shipwrecked and experienced many other dangers. He said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. At the proper time, we will reap a harvest in our investments, sacrifice, and faithfulness if we do not give up, if we choose grit. And maybe you needed to hear that today. Or maybe you've needed to hear that in the season that you've been walking to this point. But when it comes to grit, we can choose to hold fast in the space between until just the right time. The now and next space is a space of grit. And you may hold a view that grit just seems almost impossible, out of reach, or unrealistic. But trust me when I say this, that grit is not only available, it is essential for anyone who follows Jesus. It is available in Jesus today. And if we are willing to step into his promises, we're willing to focus on him because it is about him. It's not about us. It's about his purpose. Even for Joseph, Joseph's, the, the prominence he dreamt about, that his brothers would bow to him, was ultimately not about prominence for him. It was about the prominence of God. It was about the people of God, the purpose of God, the plans of God, which is why Joseph could many years later speak these words to his brothers in Genesis 50. Do not be afraid. I am in the place of God. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. That simple reality is something that can be realized for you and I if we're willing to remain faithful and steadfast and to choose grit. So where do you need to embrace him to embrace grit? To be in the place of God, to be in the purposes of God today. Life is hard, often more difficult than we ever wanted or expected, even though Jesus told us we would have trouble. Yet, where is he seeking to use your grit for his glory, the saving of many? Look, there are times to move on. There are times to change. There's, there's times to recalibrate. I'm not saying that there never is, or that we just need to keep doing what we're doing, beating our head against the wall in some kind of repetition. Well, what I'm saying is that what we long for, what God has prepared for us, 
is often on the other side of the things that require grit. And we need to know where he's asking and calling us to choose that faithful perseverance. Whether it's in pursuing, waiting, abstaining, in relationships, in work, in marriage, that holding fast dynamic. You know, Daniel demonstrated heart on the side of that mountain. I was there as his dad, encouraging him, supporting him, but in the end, he turned inward. He chose grit. He turned to his heavenly father. And since then, having sought strength in that moment to continue to persevere and reach the top. Again, I'm super proud of him. But since that point, he's learned a new level of grit. Since then, he's gone on to complete even more difficult tasks. He's done a tough mutter. He's done high-intensity endurance workouts that he'd never done before because he chose to step into a level of grit with the same heart, strengthened by the truth that he can do all things through Christ. You know, although grit can be difficult to, to navigate, grit always leads to more grit. It leads to gain, greater gain. It grows our capacity for more, which is why James, the brother of Jesus, could write these words. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, steadfastness, grit. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We all have places of adversity. We step into places where it's difficult to, to navigate, places where we're called to love a difficult person, or maybe spaces where we're pursuing family members who continue to make decisions that cost them or cost us or cost others. Or perhaps even just in a space of waiting, in uncertainty, in loss, or in pain. But those aren't just spaces of waiting, but spaces for choosing grit, to choose perseverance, to choose to remain faithful, to remain steadfast, to engage what is for what can be. And that starts and ends with Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to have that honest conversation with him today and invite him to have lordship in your life. You can text faith to the number on your screen. You can have that conversation that allows you to begin the journey from what is to what can be, the now on the next, into the not yet. As you remain faithful, not growing tired and doing good, not giving up so that you can reap a harvest in this life in the purpose and plan that God has for you. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that you not only have modeled for us pursuit, you've, you've modeled grit for us, your son modeled it, you've called us to it, and you equip us by your power to be steadfast, to persevere, to endure for your purpose and your glory, for your prominence, not ours. May you speak in these next few moments to each of us about the spaces that we need to do that individually, where we can step into overcoming dynamics, because you, Jesus, are the overcomer. I pray this in your name. Amen.
Count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Oh, see
I'm so grateful for the hopeful invitation to embrace grit for what can be. Because we never know what's on the other side of that season of grit. We don't know what Jesus is working so that we can receive his goodness, his power, his wisdom on the other side of that space of grit and even as we walk in it. It's our prayer that this has been a message full of encouragement for you, where you've heard from Holy Spirit and are aware of Him going ahead of you for so much more. As we press into the days ahead, we want to make sure you're aware of some great opportunities to connect with God, others, and your purpose in some special ways. That includes joining us for in-person worship gatherings starting on January 17th at 9 o'clock at our Rock Island campus. We can't wait to see you there and stay tuned for more information about more opportunities to gather in more spaces together. When you come to join us in person, you'll notice that registration is no longer required, but you will need to check in. So if you download the Church Center app, you'll be able to check in as soon as you arrive and in a no contact way, step into corporate worship with one another. We also want to invite you to connect with us in some great virtual learning group opportunities. It's not too late to sign up for those. In fact, there's a women's specific study for 10 weeks going through the book of Hebrews that starts this week. You can connect at heritageqc.com groups or using that Church Center app. And there's an incredible opportunity for you to step into 2021 with great purpose and intentionality for your family, however that's defined, as you seek God and His values and design for you and your family. You'll see those opportunities and many others again at heritageqc.com and when you follow us on social media using the information book. We can't wait to see you soon. In the meantime, know we love you, we're praying for you, and we expect God's very best for you in the days ahead.